This podcast contains occasional rude words and possibly some very wrong concepts. So you have to blame yourself for listening and we hope you have a laugh. G'day, it's the Moon Man here, Lawrence Mooney. Did you ever have a childhood dream denied but can live with yourself because at least you tried? Check out this podcast, Saturday Afternoon Fever, with Matthew Hardy and myself, where we remember what we were like as naughty kids, terrible teenagers and young, drunk, idiot adults. Before we start this episode of Saturday Afternoon Fever, I'd like to mention to our Indigenous followers that there is a mention of somebody who has passed in this episode. Welcome to Saturday Afternoon Fever. I am Lawrence Mooney and I'm joined by the author of Saturday Afternoon Fever, Matt Hardy. G'day, Matt. That's me. And the last time we left off, uh, my lifelong love of the St Kilda football team had gone into this grand final, 1997 versus the Adelaide Crows. And uh, the siren to begin the game, the opening bounce, is about to occur. The chapter is Mr High in the Sky and this subtitle is... The Aftermath. We lost. Oh, wow. I remember Little Aussie Jones and Big Barry Hall. That is all. Really? Our fears, well, Aussie Jones kicked the goal of the century, about six bounces. He was, was about 18. So fast. Yeah. So you had a, another player in that team. It was Smith and Jones, wasn't it? That's Did right. Smith play in that team? Joel Grand Smith. Run? Yeah, he Joel played. Smith. Yeah. Um, and Big Barry Hall went on to play in a premiership as co-captain of the Swans. In 2005. Dirty bastard belted Matthew Maguire in the game before and they somehow conjured a clearance of the incident. The bloody media. every St Kilda, before we get on to the bloody media, does every St Kilda supporter hate the Swans? No. For them just pillaging your side? They took Plugger. They took Barry Hall. Never occurred to me. Plugger Plugger had got himself into all sorts of uh, disarray emotionally, hadn't he? And he? And he kicked... He kicked 800-plus of his goals, of his 1,200 goals with the Saints. And so his Swans being the final denouement, as you are prone and prefer to say. Who does he play for? (laughs) (laughs) That was only a third of his output. Two-thirds, the first two-thirds that mattered the most in our minds were with us. So I think we were pretty happy with what he gave us before he departed. Barry Hall. hmm. He'd also got himself into some emotional problems. He was loose. But uh, they go to that second... Allegedly. They go to that second club... And there's a chance for redemption and reinvention and all of a sudden they're making hay while the sun shines. You know, that second chance for a lot of men and women when you realise that you might have pissed your opportunities up against the wall, that's when you really find that golden mean part of your career. Well, last chance hotel as the saying goes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking forward to mine. <laughs> our fear, our, you've had so many lives. You put a cat to shame and you've made the most of most of them. Well, I've reinvented, I reckon. Yeah. I've reinvented, and I like to think of this next phase of my life as the third chapter. Well, mate, this is a reinvention. This is about the fourth way that this book has become a creative project. You've milked this thing sad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I need another idea. <laughs> I tell you what, this is unbelievable. But, well, it's got to be a film next. We'd hope so. Well, it was an opportunity to be a film too. Well, there's three or four uh, approaches over the years. Let's hope there'll be a fifth. I, I know for a fact that there was a lot of momentum gathering around this around about 99, 2000. 
I'd moved in with Des Dowling, and he was friends. Des, uh, delicate Des Dowling. Delicate Des Our Dowling. Our friend, comedian, broadcaster in his own right. Entrepreneur, impresario. That's him. All-round good guy, and a bloke that can box too, by the way. Des can box? Oh, real quick. Right. He is quick hands. Best best boxer uh, in our peer group that I've ever met. Like, not a, not a street fight. I'm just saying just the classic, sweet science, real good boxer. You haven't seen my straight left. Yes, I have. You punched me in the chest that night. We were doing a fundraiser at uh, the Palais twice. Well, because you turned up blind to How? raise money raise money for our great mate Russell Gilbert. How was I on stage? You were brilliant on stage. Thank but you. you. But you needed... You needed a wake-up call. <laughs> so you attempted to stop my heart by a straight right <laughs> no, to my stern? I think I started your heart because you were <laughs> speaking gibberish. You were speaking a bit like uh, in the last episode. Who was it? The um, Stan uh, Owls. Stan Owls. And <laughs> so you've lost. Back We've to the lost. book. Our fears were confirmed. For the first time since I'd been supporting the Saints... I walked out before the end of a game. While I wasn't happy with the players who no, did No, 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 mate. You can't walk out before the end of the grand final. I didn't. I'm proud of it. I did at the 83 grand final. I left early. You're lucky you didn't do it in 84 at three-quarter time because you would have missed out the greatest comeback of all time. I was in the Bayswater Hotel. Were you? Yeah. For the whole game. No, for the first quarter, we watched it at the King's Place and then we went, we've got to go to the pub. The and King's then, Place? Yeah, so that Nev, Pete, um, Audra, Kathy and Tim. Are you having a stroke? I don't know anything about any of this. No, this suburban family. Oh, right. oh the King's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant like there was a pub named the King or there was someone who was known well, as I the King. Started, someone that, by the surname of the King. The King's. Right. While I wasn't happy with the players who denied me my dream, they weren't the reason for my early departure. No, I left because I'd not flown more than 10,000 miles at great expense to hear the fucking Adelaide Crows theme song played repeatedly. Oh, and it, it was the first time that there was a theme song with a sponsor in it. Yeah, here we go, here we go, Camry Crows, Camry. Yeah, Camry However Crows. long that vehicle lasted. Of a, a model of Toyota. They were the Camry Crows. They wrote the naming rights to the theme song. Disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, what a feeling. Toyota. Um, can we talk about the game or do you... Do you is it this well, we can just... talk about the game. So okay. basically, Nicky Winmar's dad died the night before, yep. unfortunately. Uh, um, obviously, that you know didn't lead to him playing well. In fact, he was torn. I've spoken to him since. He was torn, as you would be, about whether he should play at all. Yeah, and his father would have been a, a major part of, in his life. Yeah, he was. And so uh, that didn't help the Saints. And then St Kilda lost uh, Peter Everett, the Spider Everett, uh, their best ruckman by a mile to a shoulder injury. Uh, Lazar Vidovic, the second ruckman, so a when big, did... big Croatian legend, he decked somebody, I think, and missed due to suspension. So when did uh, Everett go down in the grand final? No, beforehand. He didn't so play. In the, in the preliminary final? Uh, I'm not sure, but right. either way, he was injured for the big one. So you were depleted. There was emotional turmoil. But then something else happened in that third or final quarter and those four goals. Well, Darren Jarman... Jarman went... Played one of the greatest ballistic. quarters, if not the greatest quarter of any game ever. And this 
is further to my evidence that I think that Stan froze because he left. Who was the defender that was on? Jamie Shanahan. Jamie Shanahan. One goal, two goals, three goals. The Every St Kilda supporter, whether you're at the back of the southern stand or the top of the northern stand, was screaming, move Shanahan off him. Well, it wasn't Shanahan's fault because he was supposed to play on the big, what they say, gorillas, the giant big yeah. forwards. Uh, I think Modra, well, to Adelaide's credit, he was out injured. Their superstar full forward. But you think, and, and I don't want to, you know, we want to make, if, we want to get our facts right here for the sake of Jamie Shanahan because I'd like to uh, think we're being correct here and we're not slandering him. No, no, and I was going to say I want to be I want to be kind to Jamie Shanahan. He may be a fan of the podcast. A lot of St Kilda players, past and present, are. But a I lot think, of AFL players from all teams, luckily. But for I us. think that Jamie Shanahan was left on Jarman for those four goals. I also think that Jarman could have been on anybody that day well, and would have obliterated them either way. That's probably more the football discussion. Yeah. And that no, that he couldn't be stopped. No. Yeah, I think uh I think Stan might have sat on his hands for a bit too long. Perhaps when I mean, it happens. Anyway, it's done, won, it's history, everyone's got an opinion. I'm no footballing genius. Back to the book. I had down six pots in the cricketer's arms. On Punt Road, before the lap of honour was over. Six pots. My brother Simon, none of them touched the sides. My brother Simon stayed for some reason I still do not understand or respect. Oh, you've got to respect the fact that he stayed. For those of you who um, aren't from Melbourne or Adelaide, a pot is 285 mils of beer. It's half so, a pint. So, yeah, it's short of half a pint, but uh, they go down really quick. Well, yeah, it's a good way to keep your beer cold too. Exactly. And it's not an intimidating size of alcohol. But there is the danger of drinking them pretty quickly. Well, and no, by the time you've done six... i tell you what I don't like is is I spent two years in the UK again going back to headlining comedy clubs across England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, right? As I'd done for the majority of the 90s prior. Mm. Anyway, when I returned, a, a sea change had occurred in Melbourne pubs where I would say two pots, please, and they would hand me two pints. Or two schooners? No, no two pints. pints. Right. Okay. So the collective, I don't know, hospitality industry must have made some decisions. You go, just hand them pints and see if they're going to be uh, awkward or if they're going to feel like confident enough to correct you, right, and say, right. I said pots. So the first time I thought he's misheard me, he's made a mistake. Okay, I'll take the pints. I'll pay double. But I had been drinking for a decade pints in England and the last half can tend to be sediment and warm and nonsense not enjoyable at all so you go into a pub now and ask for pots they will they will still give you pints or yeah, because there's not even any pot glasses of that size in the establishment in that in that refrigerated area where the glasses sit whether they be pints or schooners which is you know 400 plus mils um They'll then reach down to the glass tray way down oh, and jingle that out yes. for everyone to look around yeah. and pull out two filthy glasses like covered in dust. It's like, <laughs> oh, this guy's asked for a pot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know how to gauge my alcohol consumption in the measurement of pots. So mm. I, I got a pretty good way of sort of seeing how drunk I'm becoming. Okay. But if I'm drinking a, a different measurement that's double... It messes with my way of, you know, assessing my state of then play. Let's use that gauge and go back to the book. Two pots refreshed. Four pots 
on the way. Six pots? Well, four pots is over the limit as well. Yeah, but six pots, as you've done in this book, looking for trouble. Yeah. 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 Yep, a man on a mission. By the time Simon turned up, I'd had ten pots. Whoa! But he... (laughs) Yeah, but he caught up quick. I still haven't watched the game on videotape, and I doubt I ever will. The cricketers, or on DVD, or on streaming, or on whatever format the future may hold. I will never watch that game again. The cricketer's arm shut up shop, so we went reeling sideways into the city to continue drowning our sorrows. We were thrown out of one establishment after another for abusing barmen as they tore down the red, white and black banners they'd put up for the week, temporary St Kilda supporters as they were. It wasn't so chic now to be a St Kilda supporter, was it? Just dismal. We'd been pleased with everyone jumping on our bandwagon before the game. We knew where we stood and that they were simply taking sides and breaking the Victorian team, knowing it was either us or the Adelaide Crows. Plus, we were just one step away from a rags-to-riches romance that everyone can get behind. Do you remember the margin of that game? No. But as that final barman pulled down those decorations, we knew that while he would have felt great if we'd won, he didn't care that we hadn't. Whereas Simon and I, on the other hand had to suffer the pain. For us, there was no escape. And as I write this, Lawrence, I feel as I felt then. Like Colonel Walter E. Kurtz, as played by Marlon Brando in Francis Ford Coppola's (laughs) Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Kurtz had entered the Cambodian jungle on a military assignment deep into the heart of darkness. He'd reached his breaking point. He was a man whose methods had become unsound. Mm. As evidence of his insanity, the authorities (laughs) played an audio tape of his voice for his assassin, to get a gauge on. What did you expect? Said Kurtz. I supported St Kilda for 20 seasons in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the horror. Yeah. The horror. He didn't say that, but he may as well have. I think Brando said it in... Apocalypse Now. No, he didn't say I supported St Kilda for 20 seasons. That's me elaborating and adding a bit of... uh, Just panache. Here's a little... Sub note for you for 1997. Let's go north to the ARL Grand Final, the only Super League Grand Final played between NRL sides, and the Broncos beat the Cronulla Sharks. Yep. And a young Scott Morrison goes to the Engadine McDonald's and shits his pants that night. Yep. I would say that both of you are on a similar trajectory. <laughs> please don't ever, and please, and this is not a political show of any kind, but he is not someone I favour politically, and I would have liked to have shouted in his pants. <laughs> I'd be happy to do it now. Well, I think he did when he was Prime Minister and yep. swore himself in five times as different ministers. Anyway, that is Saturday Afternoon Fever. The horror. We'll <laughs> join you next time. You've been uh, listening to the author. Matthew Hardy is me. And uh, myself, Lawrence Mooney. Thanks for joining us and uh, tell your mates. See ya. Okay, that'll do us, Lawrence Mooney, for today. I am having a ball, so uh, please join us on the next episode and tell your friends. Bring some friends along. Thanks for joining us. Okay, if you haven't given us a rate and review, now's the time. We're counting on you. Ample. Here, here. Is this thing on? Yeah, that's on. Don't touch that.